everyone, this is Kate McGaw, founder and CEO of Arclight Agile. I'm a certified Scrum trainer and I'm passionate about training leadership agility. And welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified Scrum master and a certified product owner. Okay. And today our guest is Jeff Van Brunt. And he's here to talk to us about Gallup's State of the Global Workforce 2022 report. In particular, we're talking about remote work, hybrid work, what companies are thinking, what employees want, and sort of the gap between those. So Jeff, I know this is a topic you're super passionate about, and this could be a 10-hour masterclass, and uh, (laughs) we want to dig in a little bit on um, what we're sort of seeing at a high level, particularly in terms of employee engagement and what folks are sort of really looking for. Let's look at the two sides of that coin. So why don't you give us an introduction? All right. Well, let me just touch briefly on employee engagement. And Gallup has been tracking this since the 2000. And the number had been uh, going up pretty consistently since uh, about 2012. But in the last two years, we've seen the number of engaged employees starting to decline again. And the number of disengaged employees, actively disengaged, starting to climb again. Um, and so we're, we're talking about what are the reasons that this is going on and what are the things that are important to the employees and that might be affecting those numbers. Um, so what we've seen, for example, is that from a high of 36% employees engaged in 2020, that number is now down to 32% as of August of this year. Um, and with the as a, a low of 13% disengaged in 2018, that number's back up to 17% of employees that are disengaged. And that gap of employees that are not fully engaged in their work is a huge cost to companies across the globe in productivity because they're just People are just not uh, passionate about what they're doing and not putting all their creativity and effort. Quiet uh, quitting, for example, is, is, a, is a case of people not being engaged, maybe not actively disengaged, but not being engaged. And so there's a lot of, a lot of actual real dollars that are, go to this disengagement. Um, it is interesting also, though, that the 32%, U.S. is number one in the world in engagement at 32%. So that's an interesting number as well. Uh, So that's the engagement side of it. The other side of it is looking at where people work. All right, pre-pandemic, we had a case of 8% of people were working fully remote. 32% of people were working in a hybrid environment and 60% of people were working fully in the office. Now, it is it is key to note that this is for remote capable jobs. Uh, that's a key thing to think, uh, have in mind there. Now, what we've found is now as of June, 29% of people are working uh, remotely. 49% of people are working in some sort of a hybrid arrangement and 22% are fully back in the office. Now, there is a gap between that and what the actual preference 
of work uh, location is. And in that, 34% want to work fully remote. And right now it's at 29%. So it's it's close, but it, it that is the number there. 60% want to work in a hybrid environment. Right now it's at 49, right? But only 6% of people want to go back to working fully in the office and it's already back up to 22%. So that's a big gap. So I, is the are those numbers in, are, are they impacting our engagement at all? Do you do you think that people are more disengaged because they're not getting to work sort of where and how they want? I do believe that is a big part of it because mm-hmm. one the two of the things that employees now have experienced with you know the pandemic and going remote and all of that is one of the things that employees are demanding is flexibility in their work schedule. Yeah. They want flexibility. It, it is no longer negotiable. I had to talk a coworker off the ledge the other day because our company sort of sent out this thing saying we want people back in the office. And he was like, no, I'm I I don't want to go back. He's like, I take care of my kids. I get more done. I don't have to deal with the commute. And he was like, I'll just go find another job. He goes, he goes, they can't force me in. And I, I sort of had to explain to him that our company has like folks like us who can do our jobs fully remote and where he's right. Most of our work group and most of the people he interfaces with are not in his local office. They're some all over the world, as opposed to the other side of our company that is very physical, that those people do need to be in the office to do the sorts of mechanical laboratory things that they do but he was very upset about them taking away this thing that he's become accustomed to and right. and he finds jobs based on me personally i i see it i like mm-hmm. you know i've had this conversation with people they're like no this you know particularly i work in you know you know i scrum master software development web development these people don't want to go back mm-hmm. And, I, and wow. I think one of the things that the, the report also highlighted is sort of when we're requiring employees to go fully on site and they would rather be hybrid or remote, obviously we're seeing the lower engagement, as Jeff said, but I know something else we're seeing is a lower sense of well-being and people right. will wanting to leave, higher intent to leave, higher levels of burnout. I think there were some interesting stats around well-being, Jeff, as well. Yeah, so uh, uh, that was the second point that I was going to make. There's the flexibility, but there's the well-being. Mm-hmm. There's no longer this thing of you're just a number, you're just an employee. They want to know that their company cares about their well-being. And the, the numbers, um, honestly, I don't have them in front of me, Kate, but the numbers around burnout and anger and sadness and those kind of things of employees in their life are pretty, have gone down as well. Uh, and they, uh, they struggle with that because flexibility allows them to care about their well-being, take care of their kids, do these appointments, do all of that. But in addition, they want to know the company cares. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and going to your, your point, Ryan, uh, 70% of employees in the United States say now, even with the, uh, the recession uh, hitting us and inflation, they are saying now is a good time to look for a new job. 
Wow. Yeah. The market is still great. 70, yeah. 70% of employees. So really, uh, leaders have got to focus on retention. Right. Uh, and how are they going to retain these employees? And the top two things that employees are asking for are flexibility and knowing that the company cares about their well-being. So let me just ask, because I think this is a really important point. I know why I think companies want people back. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they want people back? And I'm happy to share why I think they do. But what do you think these companies are thinking? Knowing that they know that people have gotten used to this or the hybrid thing, why do you think companies are so hell-bent to get people back in the office? I think there's a couple of things, at least in my opinion. And Kate, you can certainly throw in here. But uh, one is I think that there are a lot of, of leaders and managers out there who they, they, it's a trust. They don't believe their employees are being as productive as they could possibly be when they can't physically see them, yeah. which I think is really, really unfortunate because I agree. That, that's a real, in, in my opinion, a real anti-pattern for leadership and management uh, for having great employees. Um, so to me, that's like the, that's my opinion of the, number one thing. Uh, And then there are some companies out there who have done studies who have said that they don't believe that remote employees are as productive and that you can't be as innovative when you are remote and and creative and all of those sorts of things. And and every time I see one of those reports, it just the hair on the back of my neck stands up and I, I get upset. Yeah, and I think it's the transition, Jeff, that we talk about in in class quite a lot, which is the transition from time-based economy where we are requiring our team members to work from nine to five um, to more of this results-based economy, which is directly linked into what Jeff was saying around the trust. If we are rewarding the people who get results, then we're trusting that they're doing what is needed to do it. And does it really matter if they do it between midday and eight o'clock at night, if those are the hours that work best for them? Mm -hmm. And I I think that the the hybrid here is for a lot of teams, especially scrum teams, we may have core hours that everyone on the team is on between the core hours. But other than that, that's part of the working agreements of the team. And if the team makes those then they're holding each other accountable to them but yeah I think Jeff it's it's that transition that's that a lot of managers are struggling with and I agree with you I think a lot of it is these managers who are like well if I don't have my eye on my people they're gonna not perform or they're gonna rob me blind or they're goofing off and you hear these horror stories about people having second jobs I think that's all I think it's nonsense I think it's more like being seen doing something to the detriment of your team. But I I agree with Kate. Like when I scrum master a team, I always say to people, and I've said this before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. I don't care when you do the work. If you become ultra productive between eight at night and two in the morning, that's on you. Yeah. (laughs) I just need you to be consistently chewing through the work. Don't leave it till the end of the sprint and then dump it all on QA. And I just need you to come to the few ceremonies that we have and be available during core hours. So if somebody has a question, you know, you're a good team member, but like, you know, if you, I I do not need you working nine to five. If you like, I work from home and I get productive late at night. Great. Just be chewing through your work. I just don't want it to be like you were in school. Like, Oh, it's the night before and I've got to get my paper done and dump it on, you know, the poor QA team like that. 
you know, consistent, but I'm not on you about like nine to five, because I think nine to five is gone. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's two other things here. I think one of the one of the issues is if you look at the report, actually, uh, managers are one of the groups of people whose engagement is going down even more than the 6% we're seeing. Uh, their engagement actually is down like eight or 9% uh, from the high that it was. And one of, the, one of the things they talk about is they're not getting the clear why from leadership and they're not being trained on how to manage this new work environment. Interesting. They're not being trained on how do I manage a hybrid environment? How do I manage remote employees? How do I create the connection that I need to have with these people? Mm-hmm. They're not being supported in that and trained in that. And it's it's become very frustrating to them. And I think that is part of what leads to them wanting people back in the office because they can go back to the old way of managing people. And, and I have empathy for them. I Because yeah. as a scrum master, and I've done this twice remotely where you try and build teams, it's hard. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you can go out to, I've said this before and I'll say it again, when you can go out and have lunch with somebody yeah. and eat with them and like oh, you're sure. you're not just a head and shoulders that I see for 15 minutes, you're like a real person and we've gone out. That's why, you know, like I've gotten to go and be on site a couple of times with my new engagement and it's been great. And now mm-hmm. I'm friends with these people. And when they see me on the screen, but it's so important. And I, I, I empathize with those managers because it is hard to onboard people and, and, and make those yeah. connections. So I, I, that, I think that's a great point. Yeah, it's a new way of doing things. And they're, they're not, yeah. they don't feel like they're getting supported to learn how to do it. Yeah. You know, they're where the rubber meets the road for well-being. Mm-hmm. And they're not being trained. How do I create psychological safety? How do I, you know, show empathy to my employees if it's not like my gift, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, uh, they're having to go learn it themselves on their own rather than being provided opportunities to be trained and developed. And like I said, I think earlier, like the pandemic really accelerated, like it pushed us 10 years ahead in like two days. So people didn't <laughs> develop that skill set as we sort of slowly hybridized you know, you, yeah. I think it was what, 8% were sort of fully remote. Mm-hmm. And then like, I know that I had never really done a lot of hybrid work. And then all of a sudden, like one day I'm like, oh, I'm fully remote. Yeah. And it is a different skill set. It is like, mm-hmm. and I've done things like let's play, you know, among us together on Friday afternoon, or we can still have a happy hour and you can be in your, you know, robe or you try and do those fun things, but it only got you so far. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, cause it really just accelerated it, you know, so exactly. quickly. And, and I don't know that people have, even in the two, three years since, I don't know that people have developed the skill set. Yeah. I think people just want to snap back to the old model. And I, I think there's a certain amount of uncertainty, which is, well, what is the new model? I mean, I, I, I saw, I mean, years ago, something that says, what is our new norm? What is our better norm? And it, I think it, it's back to what um, Ryan and Jeff, what you've both been saying. It's about the relationship. It's about the culture of the organization. Exactly. And as leaders, we've got to focus on creating that strong culture, which is going to give us our alignment and it's going to build the trust w- within the team, but also the, the trust that leaders 
trust that the teams are doing the work, that it's it's results, a results-focused environment at the office or in our work environment, and not the, the nine to five. So it's designing sort of activities around how do we promote our culture of the organization remotely? How do we build those relationships, the well-being? How do we make sure that we're supporting our team members when they're, they're, they're burning out? Because a lot mm -hmm. of people are, are, are facing that. And as leaders, I don't think we are, are ever trained to deal with burnout. I mean, that was not something that we heard mainstream every day sure. sort of three years ago. And now it's part of, it's part of our culture. Yeah. Well, so many things happened during the pandemic, the fear of getting sick, the loss yeah. of loved ones. I know two of my parents died during the pandemic, not of the pandemic, but mm -hmm. like people, a lot happened to people that put yeah. a lot of pressure on them that bled over into work. But before the, the, before that, before we started podcasting today, we had talked about, we wanted to ask you, Kate, specifically, what are you hearing from your clients? Like I'm sort of ensconced in a company, but mm -hmm. when you're dealing with lots of companies, what are you, I know Jeff and I both wanted to sort of dig into, like, what are you hearing out there in the world? Um, I think I'm hearing, well, I am hearing a lot about the difference between what, um, lead, what organizations want and what team members and employees are wanting. So we're having to find this gap. So the, the organizations that are having better success recruiting are the ones who are being more flexible with, well, we don't require you to come in the office. Maybe, maybe once a month we get together or once a quarter or something we mm -hmm. get together. Apart from anything, that opens up our recruitment pool to the entire country or world, whereas exactly. if the clients that are struggling are the ones that are requiring that there's a certain amount in the office. Now, some clients are never going to be able to get right that. There are certain things that for certain parts of the job, they have to be in the office. So I think that's different. It's, it's back to what Jeff and you pointed out, the remote enabled. Um, what sort of we can do our job remotely. So I think it's understanding what your team members want. And it's realizing that you've got to, as leaders, support them in a different way. And that it is much more that the, the great reshuffle, if you like, is really the employees and team members are able to decide this is what I want. And it's up to us as leaders to work out how we can get them that. Because if we don't, we're gonna continually struggle to hire and fill um, the open spots. So it's not just hiring and filling the open spots, but it's making sure we're keeping the culture and the environment that keeps the people we do have. And I think it is something that leaders ignore at their own peril because then Indeed. they're playing catch up and they're trying to compete with organizations who have all of that and are, are, are able to recruit um, the team members they need. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's really important. We have, I haven't mentioned this. There are companies that are achieving really, really high engagement mm -hmm. numbers, 70% engagement. Uh, numbers that they are seeing and Kate it's that what they're doing are they're doing the things you talked about 
they're focused on creating a great culture for work and that letting that culture drive business decisions. Mm -hmm. They're embracing flexible, flexible work environments. They're focusing on employee well-being and they're, they're actually making engagement part of the evaluation of the leaders and managers. What's engagement like for them? So, so they're putting a real focus on that and on employee development. Uh, so it, it makes a difference if it's something that is driven from the top. So let's just recap on those numbers then, Jeff. So the standard engagement for companies is 20. What, what is the standard? It's 32% in the so US. So US-wide, 32%, but for organizations that focus on the well-being, the culture, and things like that for their um, employees, we're up to between up to 70%. Up to 70%. That's, wow. That's a huge difference. Uh, enormous. Yeah. But there are companies that like did things well and like gave people things like we're going to trick out your home office. We're going to not expect you nine to five. We're not expecting you to come in. Like there were people that sort of reached out. And then there were other people that are like, well, you're on your own. Yeah. You know, like I know that I like my company was like, yeah, we're not going to pay for your internet. And I'm like, you're the one using it up all day. Why yeah. are you not? You should be cutting me a couple bucks. Mm -hmm. And it was like a big deal. And it was like, there were other companies you'd hear about people like, oh no, I got like $5,000 stipend from my boss to I got a new, you know, standing desk, and I bought a big giant new monitor. And you're like, oh, what did I get? I got, I, I, I got I think, some, some sage yeah, I, I to burn in my house. There, Ryan, what you got there, Ryan, is you've got the companies that really did well, or companies that were very intentional about it. Yeah, yes, they had yes. a plan. They put a plan together. They were yes. intentional about it. They put a focus on it. Those were the companies that have been successful with it and have had higher engagement and happier employees. And I, just one, one oh, sorry, Kate, one last point, because yeah. I do see it. There are people that were like, but we have these big facilities we've invested in. We really want you to come back and use these buildings we've sure. invested in. And, yeah. and, you know, like, please come. We, we spent all this money here. And it's just like, yeah, but I'm in my home office and I got my yoga mat where I can stretch during a meeting. Like, yeah. I don't really want to, I know you spent all that money on that thing, but I don't need to go there anymore. So yeah. I, I, I do have empathy for that, the investment in infrastructure, and they want people to use that. But I don't know that that's enough to drag me back. Well, and also the, the money is already spent in infrastructure. And if I continue to not have the people I need to deliver my product or service, then that's even more money I'm losing. Yes. So I, I, I think it's, we need to switch the mindset so we're now being intentional about it. If we are going to promote healthy working environments, hybrid working environments that are healthy, we've got to be uh, mindful about the, the culture. We've got to be mindful about how do we trust the employees? How do we make sure that we have inclusion and that everything is, is fair across the board? How do we make sure that they're engaged and they have good well-being? So all of that needs to be something we focus on. It is not going to happen naturally in a lot of organizations. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's a long overdue mindset shift for leaders 
to this is what people are asking for. If we don't work out how to get them this, we're not going to have the people that we need to move forward to deliver our products and services over the next X number of years. That's an excellent point. And we are sort of at time. So, Jeff, any last thoughts that you have? Because I know, again, you could go on for, for like right, hours. Right, and yeah. This is your topic. No, but I, I, what would I, you I, leave I, us with? Kate, yeah, I think I had think a great summary. I, yeah, what I would leave us with is we need to have that mindset shift that Kate talked about as leaders. And we need to be intentional about how we move forward. All right. Couldn't say it better. Thanks for being with us today, Jeff. And we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future. <laughs>